Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. God has changed my life. My life has a purpose, and that purpose is serving Jesus Christ. A lot of people had been like really negative about my change. And people are like, you've been disrespectful, telling people that homosexuality is a sin. Guess what? Homosexuality is a sin. It says that in the Bible. God is not a God of confusion. It is a choice. And I decided to live that life for 30 years until God, with his mercy and his love, grabbed me back and showed me the truth. And I was so blinded for so long. And the truth is that Jesus Christ is real and he can change you because he loves you. And I love all my gay friends. I have nothing against them. Every single thing I do is because I love you and I want you to feel exactly how I feel because I know that at the end of the day, you are not happy. So this message is for you. God loves you. And that's the voice of today's guest, and you just heard him sharing part of his testimony, which is available on his website, J. Santiago Music. He is now a Christian vocalist living in Orlando, Florida. He was born in the island of Puerto Rico. He's the oldest of three siblings. He grew up in a Christian family, listening to his mom, Lucy, sing praises to God every day, as Jay describes it. Uh, this is when his passion for music started. Uh, his father, though, was not in the picture. When Jay was a teenager, he identified as a gay man. He continued to live this lifestyle for 33 years. And two years ago, in April 2019, Jay heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and accepted him as, as his Lord and Savior. He was transformed instantly. God had a plan for Jay's life. He restored his identity, and Jay has been set free from homosexuality. He uh, was once lost, now he's been found, and he attends a church, Viva Church, and his passion is to sing and testify about what God has done in his life. And that song, not only a powerful song on its own, but he sings it so beautifully, and his testimony, you can just hear, you can just hear it coming through the lyrics. So we are pleased to welcome Jay Santiago to Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brother. Hey, David, what's going on? Hey, not a whole lot. We are just so excited to have you on. I know there's a lot of people. Uh, now, here, here's what we have to understand. The, the majority of our audience are very uh, mature Christians. Uh, they, they lean conservative. But many of us have someone in our lives that we know is either struggling with homosexuality or transgender ideology or something. Deception. And so I, wanted, you, I want you to share your story and go back to, uh, really, when you were younger, how much of your identifying as a gay man and going down that road for over three decades, do you attribute to not having your dad around? And how did culture and peer pressure play into that decision and that lifestyle as well? Go ahead, Jay. Hey, um, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's an honor. Uh, I've done this quite a few times, so it's uh, very, very uh, encouraging to do this. Um, but like I said, and you mentioned earlier, I was um, raised in a Pentecostal home. Um, I remember my grandma every single day, like praising, you know, the Lord and singing worship songs. And I grew up in that environment. But 
my mom married my dad very young um and they were having issues already in the relationship so they were pretty much we were living at my grandma's house but my dad lived next door and um i he was an alcoholic so i didn't have any relationship with him because all i remember was the fights uh and just him being drunk i used to i remember as a kid we used to walk to the store or you know to go to the supermarket we had to walk this liquor store and he was on the floor just like drunk so i kind of grew up seeing that and, mm. and that made me that that made me resent him and I, I i just wanted to have no relationship with him i i was very fearful of you know his actions and stuff and you know i think i, I do believe that in that process of you know wanting to have a father figured and and you know wanting to have that male bond because i was raised and top of that all my you know all i, I have so many aunts that i grew up with and i was the firstborn uh nephew so I remember being in bed with all my, my aunts and, you know, we, they were all brushing their hairs and doing stuff. And I'm just in bed and I'm, I'm telling you, I come out from a very big family. <laughs> but um, so my and, and that desire of wanting to have a male relationship, a neighbor uh, across the street um, sexually abused me. And mm. um, that opened that opened the door to, mm. to my sexuality because I didn't know how anything on my body worked and i was about 11 years old i believe hmm. and um so that created uh 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 something that that sounded good that it felt good it created a, a new taste on me and so i was like so he did this to me that means if i go back to him he'll do it again and so that became a habit and i used to start going to him almost every day until my mom you know, marry my new dad now. And, but even though, you know, when we come home on Sundays to visit my grandma, I would just go straight to his house. And this happened for a long time. And so, of course, I opened the door to, you know, to that, you know, well, if this guy that, you know, it's much older than me will do this, maybe a, a young kid around my age will do so. And then so I started venturing into, you know, kind of hitting into other guys and they they saw me you know i have very high pitched boys when i was a kid and i was very quiet and shy and i guess that put, you know they put one with the other and they will always make an insinuation and then it ends up happening and then you know i just keep kept opening the door wider and wider uh to the point that i started having you know my first relationship in secret and it was a very abusive re uh, relationship like emotionally and um only my sister knew about it mm. um and just, you know, traveling to, to the United States one time to visit my aunt in Florida, um, that pretty kind of opened the door much wider where I felt more comfortable. And then when I got back home, my parents discovered that, that you know, that I was having that those tendencies towards men because I, I took photos of, uh, I went to Orlando to a gay club and I took photos of all these drag queen shows and stuff. And mm. I, I brought him home and I hid in my drawer but my parents found them and they interrogated me. Um, and I just became like very re rebellious. Like, Hey, I'm I just, I didn't felt this way because I went to Orlando be feeling this way since I was a little kid. And, uh, I didn't put one with the other. It wasn't until I encountered the Lord where he actually told me how it happened because wow. I, I wanted to know. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that just, you know, once I, I my parents discover, I, I rebel against them and I pack my stuff. I moved to Florida and then I started, my new, you know, life, uh, just dating and dropping. And I went through that for so, so, so long. Mm. Um, I honestly, I could say that I honestly, I never encounter, you know, any kind of love. It was just like temporary. It was just a temporary love, a temporary, you know, fulfilled of just moments. And, and I just became tired of it. I started questioning myself at age of, you know, 38, 39, I started questioning myself because it was just a constant struggle. And then with that came, you know, STDs and all this stuff. And I had to go to the doctor a lot to get shots and get this and that. And that became, it started becoming more of an addiction. And it was less of, oh, I want to have a relationship. I want to have a, you know, a white picket fence. I want to have a mm -hmm. beautiful dog and travel and stuff. And <laughs> even though that was in the back of my head, I, I just... You know, I was trapped. I was trapped in, in, in pornography and masturbation and sex. And, and it, it just went like 
spiral and I honestly didn't know how to get out of it. Like I was just trapped. I remember going home a lot to visit my family. My parents always reminded me that that they were praying over me that God was going to do something amazing in my life. Wow. And uh, I kind of always brush it off because I didn't want to hear anything about the gospel. Although I was not against it, I never, you know, I never um, went and attacked Christian people. I never said anything bad about Christian. I always knew the word of God was true. Um, I always believed in God. As a matter of fact, I used to pray at night. Um, and I used to pray to God that, that he can bring me a boyfriend because I didn't want her to, to, you know, to go another week on, on dating five, six guys. And, wow. You know, always ends up in, in a one night stand. And, and it was just crazy to a point that I, I, I was so empty and, and so lost. Mm. And I went home to visit my parents. And while I was there, I was got this sense of like peace because, because I would, I, I would pull away from, my normal life in Orlando, which it was literally, you know, engaging in sexual sin and, you know, doing like the most wicked things. Um, I used to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and those places, a lot of them in Orlando here are very cruisy and I would just go my, all my days off from work and spend all day in a restroom, just like hooking up with guys or at the gym. And um, just being home, it, it made me a little bit more at peace because I didn't. Ha- it was not so easy for me to engage with that, but I was, you know, distracted with my, you know, my family and my mm-hmm. and my, my, you know, the relationship with them, and the love that I received for them because my parents never rejected me. They never affirmed who I was of you know the sin that I was living, but they were pretty. They were very loving. Wow. Um, and what I what I believe is, is the love of God, and they showed me that all the time. As a matter of fact, I took many boyfriends home and I married, I married a guy in 2017. Um, and I took him home and they were very loving. Like I said, I felt they were affirming who I was, but they were respectful and loving. Um, but they always, they always reminded me that they were praying over me, that God was going to do something Mm. amazing on my life. And one day just, you know, after going home and coming back, I started weeping in the plane because I knew that I was empty and I was just going home back to Orlando to, you know, to go back into my normal, you know, life of just, you know, engaging in sexual sin. And, and, um, I came, I came back and my friend picked me up and I was crying in the car and he asked me what was going on. And I kind of gave him an idea of what I was going through that, by the way, he, he, he I, engage in sexual thing with him i made him break up with his boyfriend so he can be with me and then i just pretty much dump him hmm. so i was i was just like very heartbroken very lost and it wasn't at that at, at that same night when I, I felt this desire of you know committing suicide and finding a way to how to end my life uh, because i was just pretty much done and i think in that in that same process just the thoughts of how my family was going to react, how my parents, my parents were going to react about this, um, kind of stopped me from not doing so. But it wasn't until the next day at work. Uh, I used to work for Disney, uh, doing a show for Star Wars uh, in, in, in one of the Star Wars uh, theme parks uh, here in Orlando. And, um, and this friend of mine who I, I was very attracted to him, uh, I didn't know he was, an ex-gay until we talked later on after what he did, what he did, but he preached the gospel in the break room where I was. He was in the show that day and he wow. stood up in the middle of a group of about, I don't know, we were about 27 performers, about half, probably 90% of us were homosexual, you know, in the lifestyle. And he preached the gospel of repentance, you know, telling us that God is coming. That he didn't want any of us to, you know, our lives to be lost. And he had to stand up and say what God has, told him to say for the last couple of hours that he, he was sitting on the couch. Hmm. And to me, that was very, that impacted me a lot because I knew, because I've gotten to know the word of God before, I knew that that's only that boldness comes from God. That's right. And, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it was just within minutes that I felt that I was not the same guy anymore. Wow. Just by hearing what he said. And I was just sitting there and I remember there was no, there was no thoughts or desires of me going and engaging with a man or opening the app and go and try to look up someone because I had a habit every day after work. I would just go and engage in sexual sin at, at work, in the showers, in the lockers. 
and there was no desire. And I remember that was the last show of the day, and I went and got dressed. I don't remember getting dressed. I don't remember going out to the stage. I don't remember absolutely anything. I felt like I was in a cloud. Huh. And uh, But I had to tell my mom because I was like, I need to tell my mom about this because my mom is probably going to enjoy the fact that this guy did this because my mom was always telling me the guy's going to do something amazing in my life. And I was very open with my parents. And I told my mom when I got off work and she was like, I told you, like God is after you. This is the opportunity. This is calling you. And I didn't tell her anything because I knew there was something happening inside of me. Uh, I know I was not the same. There was not the same thoughts. Uh, I just, it, it was so, it was so weird how wow. I was feeling. So Jay, can I ask, uh, you said this friend shared the gospel with you in the break room at Disney. I, I would imagine that would have been frowned upon by most people and he could have gotten in trouble for doing that, right? Oh, he did. He, he shared the gospel to everyone in the break room. Um, and he was very hated. As a matter of fact, when he finished, he was crying almost as he was speaking. And when he walked out, from the room, like everyone started laughing, and uh, when the when the show was over and we were all leaving, as I was leaving, I went to my manager's office to say bye. There was a bunch of them writing, you know, witness statements, uh, trying to report it. Oh my goodness! Um, of course, and he was, and of course he was. I talked to him later on. He said, "Yeah, they reported me. You know, HR talked to me, and they told me not to." say anything people feel discriminated and and stuff and you know how it is yes i do um, um so jay one more thing one more question about that so he shared the gospel you heard it and something clicked oh i know we know it's the holy spirit but growing up all those years uh, at home even before you went down that path of the gay lifestyle for decades uh, did you not hear the gospel of repentance at the church that your family attended or did your parents uh, not share it with you, or or did they, and you just didn't hear it at the time? No, no, they, my parents, I mean, we always went to church, you know, we, we always go to church, and, you know, they always take you, you know, the group of kids, they take you, and then they teach you, and they give you classes and stuff. I just, I was just so, uh, I was not interested in it, and even thought I was physically there, I felt like my mind was somewhere else. Okay. Um, and I did enjoy it, I did, you know, we did, you know, those small like uh christmas um uh acts where you know I, I did joseph one day and you know it was just like but it was it, i never my mind was not opening to really realizing who god was hmm. and yes i heard i heard the gospel but while i was in the lifestyle like no one ever came to me and say and always people always ask me about this and, and while i was in the lifestyle nobody came to me and say hey jay you know I want to tell you that God loves you, that, you, you know, that he has a purpose for your life, but, you know, he's not pleased with how you're living your life because he never designed you to be this. Like, nobody ever said that to me. Wow. Wow, that's astounding to me. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Um, Jay Santiago, we have uh, just a minute and a half or so before we have to take our first break. And um, so now you, you, you've you heard it, you're, you're feeling like there's a change in your life, and that probably— not only blessed your parents, but on the, the flip side of that, it probably affected those who were closest to you that you worked with who were in that uh, LGBT lifestyle, oh, and maybe even your employer, didn't it? Oh, yes, uh, <laughs> super in a super bad way. Mm. Um, my parents were, you know, static. You can imagine my mom was sleepy. My whole family is, is Christian, literally probably 90% of my family is Christian, and they were all so in awe. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing because I, I felt like, you know, I felt this sense of, you know, joy and peace that I didn't have to, you know, to struggle and, and to pursuing, you know, something that I was not meant to do. And it was, it was more clear because God spoke to me in my car when I gave in my life, but, um, but I worked, it was, it was not well. It actually ended up me being fired from the company. Wow. Wow. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up. We've got to take a break here. It's a nice transition because when we come back on this podcast, we've been talking about censorship for quite some time, censorship of Christians and conservatives. And you have a, an experience on TikTok as well, uh, where, um, well, anyway, I'll let you tell that story when we come back. We're talking with Jay Santiago, if you want to hear some of his music, check out his website, Jay Santiago Music. We'll have it linked up on today's podcast post 
at StandUpForTheTruth.com. We've got a whole lot more straight ahead. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Jay Santiago, a Christian singer. He's a vocalist living in Florida. And if you missed the very beginning of this podcast, you heard a part of his testimony and a clip of a song he did. He, uh, the song Scars, and my goodness, Jay, I had no idea you had such a, a, an amazing voice. Not only powerful, but very it's a just a beautiful voice. God has gifted you. And now I'm just so thankful that you are using it for the kingdom and to bless others with worship and what the songs that God puts on your heart. But I do want to get back. First of all, you know what? Before we get back to these other questions, uh, where can people learn more about your music and hear more of your music? Hey, my music, it's all, all platforms. I, I'm Puerto Rican, so I have... I released Scars in August of last year, and this April 6th, I released Estar Contigo, which is a Spanish song. Uh, but all my music is on all digital music download platforms, Great. iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. Great. And um, now we'll get back to one of the things you talked about in your testimony was you used to go to gay bars and drag queens were very popular there, and you say it was an, uh, a way for people to be able to just express themselves and let loose and just dress up as women and and drag. Um, A lot of people are thinking, boy, I just first heard about Drag Queen Story Hour in the public library or in the public schools like three to five years ago, maybe, maybe six years ago. But this goes back decades because the LGBT, oh, Q, there it is. It's right there in the LGBTQ. Jay, could you share with us how far back that goes and what you know about the the drag queen movement and that side of the LGBTQ? Um, I, I since I was allowed to be in a, in a club in Puerto Rico, which I remember there was there was one where me and my sister used to go because my sister used to be my accomplice. But I think I was you had to be 18 years old to to be in the club, so I was 18 already. And uh, we used to go, uh, and almost every weekend, uh, I remember driving back home when the sun is coming out in the island um, to go and to pretty much shower and go to work or go to school. Um, but we used to do this behind my parents' back. We used to just kind of run out in the middle of the night after my parents were in bed. Um, my sister had a car, so she was allowed to go, and I would just go with her, and she would go with me. And uh, and to, to me, the, the, tr- the club was kind of like a safe place where we just go and be our own and, and we have a good time. And, you know, of course I met my first boyfriend there and uh, just doing that, coming into Orlando to visit, you know, my, my aunt, she, she kind of got me together with her neighbor, her neighbor who was happens to be in the LGBTQ. My sister, my aunt kind of knew that I was, you know, I was gay. So she's like, Hey, my friend wants to take you out to Orlando so you can have fun and I'll be bored here. And, you know, I he took me to the gay club and there was this big show happening and all this, you know, uh, guys per- impersonating, you know, Cher and Madonna and uh-huh. Ben Midler. <laughs> and I was just taking photos of all this and I was just in awe. I was like, my goodness, this, this dude looked just like like the real artist. And um, and that that felt, you know, I as I, in my younger years, that became of a of a part of my life where I, I wanted to go, you know, Monday, which it was Latin night on, on Thursday, which, you know, they do drag shows. And, and as I became older, I, I started moving myself away from that. But I remember in, in my late thirties, uh, early forties, I, um, I'm 47 years old now, but mm-hmm. I used to go on Thursdays because it was Latin night and I would just go with my friends, you know, we get, we identify ourselves. You know, it's easier to identify yourself with the Latin community, uh, and it's very big in Orlando, as probably it's everywhere else, but here in Orlando, it's very big. So it was very easy, you know, for us to to go and feel relaxed and just have a good time and listen to Latin music and see the, you know, the drag show, you know, all the these guys impersonating, you know, the the Latin community uh, artist, and it just felt like home, and you know, it was mostly we go and there was always a child, you know, not a challenge, but I, I will kind of put a, uh, a price on myself to see who I will go home with. Uh, if I was able to take a phone number or something like that. And as I was older, you know, 
as I became older, like that happened less and less and less. And it was just frustrating to go home because I started feeling like I was not, you know, I was not good enough or I was not good looking enough. And I had this ego over myself. I used to work out a lot and my life kind of, you know, went around my body because that's how I used to attract guys. And I was shirtless. You know, if you go into my social media, it's two years, you know, past, you know, two, uh, two years ago, everything you will see is just like me shirtless and me exposing all selfies because I, 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 that's how I used to attract guys. Mm. Hey, uh, Jay, really quick. You also mentioned in the last segment, uh, did you go to the doctor for AIDS and why don't we hear more about AIDS? There's no, it's not cured. Hasn't been cured yeah. from what I understand. It's still a disease, uh, that mm-hmm. people can get. Can you share a little bit about that? Cause we just don't hear anything about it, but it was so big in the eighties and nineties. Yes. Yes. I, um, you know, at first, you know, I was very cautious about it and, you know, we just use protection. Um, but there was times that I, you know, the, just the moment and the situation will get you too involved in, in, in what I call lost because it's not really love. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just a lostful moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just will not, you know, get protected. And then, you know, I started encountering myself with SVs and I would go to the doctor and he's like, oh, you have this. So I had to go and get some medication for it. And then my doctor, who happens to be LGBTQ2, he recommended me to get myself in a pill uh, called Truvada, um, which a lot of people take it. Uh, but you have to get tested every month for your kidneys and stuff. And wow. so I started taking that medication uh, once a day at the same time every day. And uh, even though I still protect it, I will just sometimes not. And, and then it got to a point that I, later on, as I was so tired and so caught up in, in, in my sexual sin and addictions that I created, that that created, I started to stop taking the medication because I didn't care anymore. And I would just go and lie to guys wow. that I was in the medication and I would get hooked up with them. And, and I, I can honestly say that I spent probably more than a year and a half you know, having just random sex, uh, unprotected. And uh, I can testify that I'm, I'm HIV negative, probably thanks to the grace and love. Of God. Wow. He spared you, know, you I, your brother. He spared yeah. you, didn't he? Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, that's just, that's really amazing to me. I know I'm, a lot of people in that lifestyle that I'm, I'm sure they, uh, they try to take medications or do whatever they can you know, just to prolong their ability to go out and, and, and as you say, hook up. And that's just the lifestyle. It's not about a long-term lasting re- marriage or relationship. It is really about the the, the the moment, the pleasure in the moment, the sexual yeah, pleasure. Yeah, I want to I clarify something sure. real quick. Sure. I, I personally still have a lot of gay friends that I know from afar. I have two. They're pretty close, good friends of mine that support me. Uh, very, very good, very well. Um, but, uh, this, this whole time that, that what I was in the lifestyle and being out of the lifestyle, I'm still able to recognize that, you know, that there's not such a thing as actually having a monogamous relationship in the gay community, because I will say 98% of my gay friends that I still have today, they all have open relationships. I remember going in the app. And just seeing every other profile, you know, in a partner relationship or, you know, dating, it was just like, it start, I, I started like, what is the whole purpose of marrying someone if you're going to have an open relationship or you're going to do things, you know, outside the relationship? Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and then I, I put one with the other. And it wasn't until I encountered God that God really spoke to me clearly about, you know, what happened to me and, and the fact that, you know, he never created two men to, to love each other. Because That's right. that love would never sustain anything. Uh, I do want to share uh, one of the scriptures that I thought of when you were in, in this YouTube video that you shared your testimony. Um, God is not a God of confusion. He wouldn't create someone to be confused about who they are and to be born a certain way just so they can be harassed and bullied. I'm paraphrasing you. But I think about mm-hmm. Jesus defining marriage between one man and one woman, and he said in Mark 10, he said, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one 
flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, meaning man and wife, no person is to separate. Now, there are different translations of that. But I wanted to ask you, Jay, um, your family, it seems like they found the right balance, if I can put it that way, of being loving to you all those years, but not affirming or approving of the sin of your lifestyle. Can you share how they maybe walk that tightrope at times? <laughs> I think that's something I've asked my mom. I was like, how do you guys, you know, how do you guys did it? I think my <laughs> mom says, my parents, my mom is a prayer warrior. So she's, she's always in prayer. I think she has the stomach issue. So she spends a lot of the, the awake it mornings that she can sleep praying mm-hmm. over, you know, her, you know, my sister, myself, you know, mm-hmm family, friends, and um, I, I I do believe it's just kind of how I still deal with my gay friends today. You know, I love my friend. One of them is really close to me. He actually has keys for my place because he takes care of my fish tanks when I travel. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I do believe that it, it was, it, it's just hard to explain it because I never felt like they were like, you know, when I got married, of course, they didn't came to my wedding, and they were, she will not, you know, make comments or you know say anything about the lifestyle. And I and I do believe that was a part of not affirming. You know, she will affirm me of her son, and she will have respect for my husband. Um, and actually, they will even, you know, she will always say things to him like, "Hey, God loves you, and uh, and God has an amazing plan for you." You know, lean to the Lord. Um, because I told my mom he's having a couple of issues. Um, he actually tried to commit suicide once. Uh-huh. And um, and so, but it was, I don't know. I asked my mom how she did it, and she said it was it was mostly prayer. Wow. And the fact that she loved me, and, and she, she knew God, you know, was going to answer her prayers, you know, at, at his timing. Mm-hmm. And she, she, just, she just loved me. Um, but I, I ne- like I said, I, I never felt like they were just, a freeman who I was, like there was never a communication and I can never go and build a relationship, uh, no communication with my mom about something that I issued that I had with my husband or a boyfriend or something that I dated because the response was going to be a silence, you know. So Jay, could you please, uh, a, a lot of people that are listening probably do know somebody who struggles in that LGBTQ lifestyle, maybe even a family member um, and some people still have relationships with them. Other people, they've been cut off because uh, there are some in that movement. That you just don't want to hear anything about God, the Bible, what, what it says about how he created us, what it says about sin, homosexuality. So what advice would you give to a family, whether that be parents or someone else who knows someone who's struggling with this and as far as communicating with that person? I, I think there's there's something very powerful, you know, in being a witness to someone who's part of the LGBTQ. And I always speak about this on my on my TikTok lives. Um, I think there's something that God has done in our lives when we encounter Him, and how we live our lives, and how we speak and and dress and walk, you know, project a lot about the love of God and who God is. And I always say, you know, to people to be a witness, just to hang out with that person. You know, just invite him to your home and have dinner with him and, and, and just build that friendship where they can open up and they'll tell you their story. Because believe me, we all have a story mm. and we all come from brokenness. Um, you know, that, that identity confusion part starts from brokenness as, as a child. And actually, I did a, I found a YouTube last night. Uh, this street preacher is talking to this girl who's a transgender and he, she's telling him his story, and she goes into that point where I actually God spoke to me about the same thing. You know, she was mentally and physically abused as a child, and she kind of rubbed it off a little bit. But I'm just like, there it is. You know, it's always a brokenness that we encounter as a child, and you know, and then the devil uses that, and then he infiltrates that lie. Hmm. Um, but you know, it's just that love. We got to be a witness with what God has done in our lives. Um, and just open your heart and allow them, you know, to speak to you and and just build a relationship. Because I have I have spoken to both of my friends who are gay, uh, who I absolutely love. And as a matter of fact, one of them just praying when I was first saved, 
you know, I had this small vision where he was at church sitting with me, you know, worshiping. And I'm just like, I know God, you know, has a perfect timing for everything. And, you know, we just pray. Pray is powerful. And is the reason why I'm here talking to you, mm. because I was not praying over my life. Amen. And uh, faithful prayers of the saints. And we have to remember that uh, nobody is impossible to reach because nothing is impossible for God. We're speaking with Jay Santiago. He's a singer, a powerful vocalist, and um, you've got to hear some of his music um, in Spanish as well. So that's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we only have three minutes left in this segment, Jay, but you said you were fired from Disney. Now we want to get into some of the pushback, uh, some of what we take now as Christians, whether we've come out of that lifestyle or not. We are all preaching the same exclusive gospel that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. We are saved by faith, by his grace, and it, it is an exclusive message. And because we have to say, to get there, you've got to confess your sins. You've, repentance is absolutely necessary, regardless of the sin. Meaning it could be, could be uh, adultery, could be pornography, could be a gambling addiction, could be drugs, it could be homosexuality, so many different sins, and we've got to just share that message. And for someone like yourself that has come out of that lifestyle, now you're, you're preaching the truth, because as you said in the audio clip we played, part of your testimony, the truth can set you free, and you said you had to stand by the truth. Once you knew it, you could not deny it, so you had to share it. Um, Jay, what happened at Disney? When, how long from when you heard this other coworker share the gospel with you to— That's true, that's true. To I, them, um, them I, firing you? Yeah, he—this he, happened uh, April 5th, 2019, and I was fired July 16th of that same year. So what was their reasoning? for? Did, because your lifestyle changed? Did you start talking yeah, about it? Yeah, I I didn't talk that word because I was very cautious about not telling anyone. I never, you know, preach at work or anything like that. But through my social media, I started, you know, exposing a lot of the lies that I actually had lived wow. um, and, what, and what God had done in my life. And I became very, very vocal about it. Um, and they, my coworkers did not like, uh, they started mocking me, they started taking context out of my social medias and putting them, putting that in their, in their own social media and mocking me and coworkers started, you know, uh, sending me all this stuff. And I, you know, I sent information to human resources. I was like, Hey, you guys need to protect me because, you know, Michael, my coworkers, the people I work with daily are attacking me. Wow. And, um, and they really brush it off. They just got me in an office and they say, well, just close your Facebook because people can do whatever they want on the social media. Oh, my goodness. What's fascinating, we have to take a break, Jay, but what's fascinating is uh, usually the left are the ones who preach tolerance. And what we've seen when it comes to Christians, especially someone like yourself that came out of that lifestyle, they can be some of the most intolerant people toward you. So we've That's got right. a lot more to talk about with Jay Santiago, um, including him being censored on TikTok, and a lot more when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. That's the music of Jay Santiago. He's our guest today. And man, if, if it, once you know his story and you go and you listen to that song, if that doesn't put a lump in your throat or a little tear in your eye or, or something, I, I think uh, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet, as some people say down south. Um, <laughs> hey, Jay, Psalm 139, 13 uh, through 16 says, For you, God created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Wonderful, I know that full well. Verse 16 says, 
to God, your eyes have seen my formless substance, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. God knew us in our mother's womb. He knows the number of our days, and he has a plan for every single human life. Every life is created by God in his image, and every life has value. But, Jay, when, when we uh, come to terms with our true identity in Christ, it's not the most popular thing uh, to, in this world that, uh-huh. we're, that we're living in. Um, let's talk a little yeah. bit about what you've experienced by some people who you were ministering to, and uh, you, I, I can imagine um, you were sharing with compassion. You said on your TikTok you were faithfully preaching the gospel, sharing your testimony. You mentor other people to find freedom in Christ, freedom from same-sex attraction, and you've gotten personal attacks, hate messages, scrutiny, just on TikTok alone, I'm sure other places as well. But you say your posts were based on love, truth, and freedom. And we live in a world where uh, people believe that you can choose your identity and your gender. And finally, I'll let you respond to this. You, you, you say, if you don't accept the fact that a man can identify as a mermaid or a woman can identify as a man, you get canceled today and you can get labeled as hateful or homophobic. How do you continue to deal? I know you've only been doing this for a couple of years. Um, how do you continue to deal with that kind of pushback when it seems like they don't, they don't even want to hear it and they, they're very nasty toward you at times? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, it, it's, Sadly, you know, live in in a world that that it's you know I think it's falling apart rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's sad that we we you know the truth doesn't uh, dwell. You know, love doesn't dwell in truth anymore. Now you know, uh, love dwells in hypocrisy, and you have to you know just accept someone as they think they are. And and if you don't, if you tell them that no, you're a human, you're not a dog. Um, you are the most hateful person in the world. Mm. Um, and I believe that's being a hypocrite. Um, and, and simply because the Word of God says so, and it, it, it's our book to, that we need to apply to our lives and live by, um, it, it, has been, it has been tough. You know, I have been, you know, my, my first TikTok account last year, you know, was completely banned. I opened a second one. It blew up pretty quick. And then just recently, about a month ago or so, I think I got banned completely and I had to fight it. I appealed it. I had all my followers kind of fight and I just got it back. I, I don't know why, but I, I thank God for it. Maybe God did something. Wow. Uh, but I got it back. And uh, what was the been, reason? Been, what was the reason they banned I, you? What did they say? Just com- breaking community guidelines. Uh, community guidelines. May, preaching the truth, the gospel, yep. ma- mentioning sin, repentance, regardless of the sin. That is goes against all the social media platforms, community guidelines, I think. We're all going to be facing this. Go ahead, Jay. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I do believe, you know, just just this morning, I, I encountered a video that it was pretty graphic, and I, I submitted, you know, to, to get it removed, and they respond me back that if they found any no guidelines being violated. Oh, my God. But I cannot, go, I cannot go on my platform and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, there's freedom of homosexuality because I lived that and so many people have resonated with my life and they go and take it down for mm. hate of speech. Wow. So a guy can be in underwear dancing, you know, showing what God gave him, what he shouldn't show in public. And it's obvious. And I show them, you know, I report the video and they respond back. Oh, he hasn't violated any guidelines. But then a video of me responding to someone who's attacking me in love automatically gets taken down for hate of speech. Mm. Isaiah 520 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that's what we're seeing in our culture today. We uh, were founded on Judeo-Christian principles, values, biblical values. We were a, quote, uh, Christianized uh, nation. We are no longer one, and we no longer live as one. Our culture no longer we we my goodness, just look at how dark it is, but we oh, have yeah. we have to remember it just takes a little bit of light. It just takes the light of Christ, and Jesus said we are to shine. He said, you are the light of the world. 
He said, you are the salt of the earth. So our purpose hasn't changed in Christ, regardless of where we live in this world. And by the way, in other countries, that you will get killed, your, you, your church will get burned down, your home will be destroyed, you might lose family members. Here in America, mm-hmm. we've been pretty free uh, for uh, 200 years or uh, plus. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about a recent experience you had, Jay, and you can share whatever details uh, you feel necessary. We've got about six minutes left. You you know, you've just realized that the fact that sometimes, regardless of what you share, even people that have been in that lifestyle that have come out like you have, people that are saved, you you were really upset about the lack of encouragement from people who walked in your shoes in other words, who people who live that now, they're, they're ex-gays. And uh, you were really disappointed, I think, and, and you said angry. Um, I would just love for you to just be honest and share uh, whatever you'd like to share with our audience. Yeah, I um, when, I first sa- when I was first saved, I encountered this ministry called Freedom March. Uh, a couple of the founders are, live here in Orlando, and they invited me as I was saved a month after I was saved to one of their events. And it was amazing to see a bunch of, you know, ex-gays, you know, uh, have fellowship. They do worship, and then they march around wherever they are with a big banner that says, you know, there's freedom of Christ. And mm. it was amazing. Uh, but when this was over and I got back, I I, I I was being dropped. Like, nobody reached out to me. I thought, you know, I was going to hang out with these people that live here. And I felt like I felt like I was just used to fill a crowd, and then there was no encouragement. And then I, you know, through this process, kind of the Lord was like, well, you know, they're not going to save you. I'm going to save you in real life relationships with me and not with them. So I kind of separate myself from them a little bit. But we still, we were friends. I was still supporting them, sharing their social media posts and stuff. And they did another event, which I attended here in Orlando <clears throat> as well. And, um, but the more and more that I hang out with them, I felt like, you know, there was no reciprocation. And I, I believe I became started doing my ministry. And um, and I, I felt like there was no encouragement. You know, I released my first song. And um, and I, I would assume that, you know, for benefit of them, they would be like, they would support me with that and put on their page. Hey, you know, this is Jay. He's part of us. You know, check his testimony, his music. He just released a song. And they didn't do that to me. But other people release songs and they put their song. And he's not about promoting my song. But I do believe that in the body of Christ, we are called to encourage each other. And whatever we do, that glorifies God. Yes. Um, and so that didn't happen. And so I started pushing myself a little bit away from them. We did an event recently uh, last year in Savannah, Georgia, where we, you know, it was amazing and stuff. But it was the same thing. I felt like, you know, like they, they have the same people who always do the same things um, and you know, I was invited to one of the events to do to testify and to be my music. And after I said yes, I said no because I re- I had a dream, and the dream told me pretty much not to go. And wow! So I I messaged them back that I was not going to go. I never got a response from them. It was just like they didn't care that I was not going. They didn't question why I was not going. Um, but just recently, I I released another song, and I went to the website and I figured out that other people had released songs. You know, they're ex-gays too and they were promoting all their songs and so i became mad i was just like why they're not promoting you know not promoting but at least saying hey you know this is jay check him out he has an amazing ministry now like i felt i have gotten no support from anyone I've, nobody has said hey jay you know i'm i'm so grateful what you're doing if we can help you in anything hmm. let us know and i have hundreds of people that message me every day that i would love to you know to to send them to one of them so they can you know, help them out because it's not just people bringing people to, to God and to, to repentance and to know the truth. But, you know, this is a tough walk and there has to be accountability. There has to be restoration. Amen. That's something that they don't do. And that's some, that's something that I struggle with. And, and, and that's why I kind of have an issue with them. And, you know, just recently I slashed on social media about them and, you know, a lot of them became to attack me, and I blocked a lot of people. Because mm. It was it was not done in love. They were not seeing my point. That they thought I was just being hungry for a platform, and I'm just like, I have a bigger platform that they have on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about, and it's not about that. We're fighting for the same cause, yes. serve the same God, yes. um, and I do believe that it will be amazing if, if ministers ministries like them will be like, Hey, Jay, 
you have a huge platform. Let's help each other. You know, just send us some people that are struggling with, you know, transgender because Jeffrey or because this person deal with that. And it will be, that, that's how we save people. You know, we just don't go into a city and we do an event on a platform and we sing and we do worship and then we go home. Like, mm-hmm. that's not really saving anyone. I'm just one guy and I talk to guys left and right every single day. I respond to hundreds of messages in all my platforms. Wow. People are constantly reaching out to me. Hey bro, I need help on this. Or how can I deal with this? How do you do it? Mm. And this is just me. And they're a group of 10, 15 people. We need more. We need more uh, people that want to see what, well, actually they have the vision that you do because it is about encouragement and ministry and accountability. You said it exactly right. And Jay, uh, I don't know if this encourages you or not, but you are not alone um, other people that we've interviewed, including, I think, of George Carneal, who I think is in, in Georgia now, uh, he said the same thing. He said, he, I wish I could find a stronger uh, movement in the church or, or in churches, that a ministry of ex-gays and you know the ex-LGBT, but he has struggled with that as well. So you're not alone, brother. I just want to take this last minute and, and just pray over you if I could. Um, Father yeah. in heaven, Thank you so much for my brother, Jay Santiago. We pray, Lord, your protection over his life in Jesus' name. We pray for provision for him, that you would bless his life, that you would do the work that you created him to do. God, help him to just use the gifts and talents and honor you and exalt the name of Jesus. And please, Lord, bring along his path other warriors for the faith, whether they've been in the, whether they are ex-gays and lesbians or not, Father, people that he can be accountable to, people that he can work with and go forward with sharing the gospel and the truth. And God, I pray that you just cover him in Jesus' name and direct his steps one day at a time. Thank you so much for delivering him, for giving him freedom in Christ and for bringing him to the truth. And we lift him up to you now, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jay, Amen. Jay, we got to do this again, brother. So much more to talk about, but thank you for your time <laughs> yes. today. All right. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. You bet. God bless you. Uh, when we come back, we're going to let you know who our guests are. Uh, the rest of this week, I realize, you know, we've got more to do, more work to do. It never ends until we are with him in heaven. Thank you guys for tuning in. More coming up in just a minute. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Oh, what a blessing to talk to uh, men and women of God who have such dramatic testimonies. Uh, Yesterday, Mike Lindell. uh, Today, Jay Santiago. I mean, some of us don't have the dramatic conversion experiences, but nonetheless, God saved us to be with him and to do his work while we are still here. Tomorrow, you will hear from a former New Ager, another dramatic testimony, Doreen Virtue. She was a best-selling author living in that New Age lifestyle and teaching it. Well, God got a hold of her about five years ago, so you will hear her story, Doreen Virtue, tomorrow. Thursday, Dr. Andy Woods back with us and author and apologist Natasha Crane, first-time guest with us on Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.